Schedule release day in the NBA. That means your boys are here from Mavs.com and the great voice of a generation is what he calls himself. It um, is. Mark Falwell. I'm going to start insisting that that is actually <laughs> on the graphic for uh, television broadcast. Yeah, for television broadcast. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to um, go for that. That's Mark Falwell. I'm Mike Marshall, director of digital with the Mavs. That's Bobby Corella. He Hello. cut his hair today just for the show, so I hope you enjoy that. Just a, lot, a lot to get to today uh, as the NBA schedules drop across the league. 2 p.m. Central Time. Uh, the other time zones are made up and fake, so we don't worry about those. 82 games, as you planned, um, off the top. What sticks out to you, number one, now that we've had a little bit of chance to chew through this schedule, chop it up into uh, months, what sticks out to you, Mark? Can I tell a funny story first Absolutely. about that 82 games thing? I love, I love funny stories. Have you ever heard the, the, the story of Keith Grant, you know, now the Mavs assistant general mm-hmm. manager, but a long time ago he was kind of in charge of getting the schedule from the league when Dick Mata was the coach and, and Dick Mata's first time here. And One summer Keith got the schedule and gave it to Dick Mata to look at during whatever day in July or August that it came out, and Mata's reaction, just like a coach you would expect, he looked at it and goes, man, 41 at home, 41 on the road. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah, he did not want to break it down, uh, uh, deep dive the schedule like we're about to do over the next hour. Yeah, it'd probably drive a coach insane. Yes, it would. Uh, do yeah. you think Rick knows who they're playing on opening night? Yes. Yeah, he knows that. Yeah. Do you think he knows who they're playing second night? No. As Maybe of right now, the though. second night. Maybe. Maybe. But He's been in Orlando there. all week. Oh, so yeah, that's no. true. He's been he's at Disney World. Yeah. He's been yeah. at Disney. He's been at Disney. I'm going to say no. He's probably planning uh, flights for the next month of where he's going to oh, fly yeah. with Dodo. Yeah. He's probably not worried about the second game of the NBA yeah. season yet, but we are. Um, and back to the original question, Mark, okay. what sticks out to you that, uh, you know, I feel a little bit better this season than I did mm-hmm. last season, just mm-hmm. overall, and it doesn't matter. We still have to go play the games and win them. Of course. But uh, I feel a little bit better about it. What say you? Well, I think it sets up to get off to a good start. And that to me is, look, the start of the season is always important. But as you guys know, the season has basically been over before it's began for two of the last three years. And last year was also not a very good start. They did recover from it and, you know, rebuilt the record to over 500 for a short stretch of the season last year, as a matter of fact. But 2-13 and 13 in the 2016-17 season, 2-14 uh, and 14 to start the 17-18 season, and then last year started 2-7. and seven. So when you look at this year's schedule, uh, it opens up at home against Washington. Six of your first 15 games are against, with all due respect to these teams, <laughs> the Wizards, the Cavaliers, the Knicks, or the Grizzlies. And, you know, if you look at projections and forecasts from various uh, sites that do that sort of thing, and our own analysis of it, I think we all understand that those teams are in a place where, uh, barring something incredibly unforeseen, they're not going to be the kind of teams that are going to be challenging for the playoffs. So. Between the other games that you have at the beginning of the year, the fact that six of your first 15 are against those particular teams, you just have to emerge from this. If you have designs on being a playoff team, and I think obviously the Mavericks do, I mean, you're what Lucas said a couple of weeks ago, as a matter of fact. But if you're going to, to be in a position to do that, then you have to take advantage of uh, the, the nature of your schedule in the first 15 games. Last year they didn't do that, right? They started at Phoenix, lost by 21. Yeah. And then a couple of days later they were in Atlanta. They lost that game. They blew a, what, 25, 26-point lead? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. so, Atlanta's, I mean, Atlanta's last year I feel like we were year. saying the same exact thing. It just didn't happen. Yeah. yeah, and we talked a lot about, like, when you play these teams. Mm-hmm. I think that's a theme every single year. How many of these teams that you think will probably be trying to get a higher lottery pick 
rather than win games, when do you play them? If you play them the first month, they're going to have a completely different complexion to their team than they will in March and April. And that feeds right into what happened against Atlanta, what happened against uh, Phoenix last season. It's all about when you play these teams and what they're trying to accomplish at that point in their season. Um, Bobby, same question to you. What sticks out? Bobby Carella of uh, numbers on the boards. Yep, yep, with Skin Wade. Well, and of the brand new... everything across the the way. The brand new Mavs.com, by the way. That just launched today. So go to Mavs.com. It's a a beautiful website. It's always been a great website, but now it is like uh, extra beautiful. It got a a, a makeover, just like me. Mm -hmm. Glow up. That's what uh, say. What stands out to me? Yeah. So we're game. talking about teams that are trying to kind of may or may not be vying for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, another team that the Mavs are playing a lot early on is the New Orleans Pelicans. are playing them three times in the first 23 games. And now I think the Pelicans are kind of in the same boat as the Mavs. These are teams that have sort of revamped the roster a little bit that are maybe on the outside or just on the cusp of playoff contention. I think that's fair to say. Um, you play them three times in the first 23 games, that's – three of the first 23 games of Zion Williamson's career. And so uh, can you maybe take advantage of him before he figures out kind of how to do the whole NBA thing? Um, They got a lot of new players on the team, so what is their chemistry going to be like? I think they're only bringing back maybe one starter from last year's team in Drew Holiday. And so they're going to be working through a lot of stuff. Um, So from a competitive standpoint, that might be a good time to get the Pelicans. And then from an excitement standpoint, we could see Zion three times in the first month and a half of the year. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, and then another thing that really stands out to me, uh, I guess two, both quick. Uh, you're done with the Warriors before the All-Star break. You play them three times this season, all before January uh, 14th is the last time you play the Warriors. And, of course, Clay Thompson is eyeing a return from his uh, ACL injury, uh, I believe, at the All-Star break is mm-hmm. when he hopes to come back. So you get to play them before they have Clay, which I think is good. Uh, and then also no second game of back-to-backs against Houston. That is the first time in six seasons Mark and Mike, that they have not played the Rockets on the second out of a back-to-back. Of course, we all fondly look back on that 2014-15 season for many reasons, one of which was every single time they played the Rockets, it was the second leg of a (laughs) back-to-back. So I'm very happy that we get to see uh, DeLon Wright get some fresh legs before he has to chase around James Harden and Russell Westbrook for 36 minutes or whatever the case may be. There's always those bugaboo back-to-backs that happen, and I feel like last year and a couple years uh, before that, it was it was Utah. That's where yeah. the winning, winning streaks go to die in Utah. Whenever you do yeah. that back to back, like L.A. Utah or Utah L.A. or any game involving up. Denver, too. yeah, any another, game Denver Utah. This yeah. is not fair. It feels like a scheduled loss. You might go in there. I mean, you're going to give it your best effort, but it's like, oh my god, I'm tired. The elevation. I mean, Utah on the second night of a back to back. I just want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Type mentality. So uh, good to see none of that this season, um, and none of the Houston back to back, which you yeah. mentioned. Um, what sticks out to me, I always look at now that I work for the team and I have to follow every single game and watch every single second. I look at these these stretches of the schedule in which it looks like there's no end in sight of playing really awesome teams. Right. For because we we live in weeks, right? We live in a weekly cycle of okay. Here's seven days. There's seven days when the season comes. It doesn't even feel like, I don't know, I don't know if it's Tuesday, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a Friday, I don't know if it's a Sunday afternoon. Um, you just look at the schedule and you go, oh crap, I got Miami, uh, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, Toronto, San Antonio, Golden State, Los Angeles Lakers, Thunder, and then Brooklyn. And that's what hits us mid, uh, or late December to mid-January. And I feel like it was the same last season. I said this going into, uh, as we did this show with, uh, with Skin last year, um, there's that stretch that's going to define your season. Mm-hmm. There's that seven to ten games that mm-hmm. you either know you got it or you're down here and you probably need to make a move at the end of January, beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Um, 
There's one of those late December, mid-January, the one I read just a minute ago. And then we get about a week break there, and then all of a sudden it starts a uh, Denver, Los Angeles Lakers, Philadelphia 76ers, Golden State Warriors, Kings, Blazers, Clippers, Portland, Jazz, Thunder, Phoenix is a little bit of break in there, and then uh, is Phoenix a break? I don't know. I don't Not know. Recently. Not recently. No. Yeah. I mean, I want to yeah. see. I want to see what they are for sure. Yeah. Um, with the moves they made, um, Sarge is definitely interesting to me. To uh, you know what they need and that mix, and they're always going to give the Mavs a punch straight in the face. So mm-hmm. uh, be ready for that one. But I look for those stretches that are more than five games mm-hmm. that you can't see the top of. You're like, oh my god, we just dropped the first two of this, yeah. and we could be in for a five-game losing streak. Or, oh, we won the first two, and look at us. Look what we can do. we got some momentum building. So, uh, yeah, that's what, I, that's what stands out to me. Last year's version of that was whenever the Mavs, right before Christmas, started that 9 out of 11 mm-hmm. on the road. Yep. And it began with a road trip. What was it? Denver, Clippers, Golden State, Portland. Mm-hmm. And then you came home, and then you played... A home and home with New Orleans. Then you played a home and home with Oklahoma City, and then you kept on going out on the road to Boston, Charlotte, Philly. Boston, Philly. And they did win big in Charlotte. And I think they went maybe three and eight in that particular stretch last year. And that obviously, I think they went below 500 at that point and never got back on the right side of 500. So I'm glad to me this year there aren't any stretches of schedule to me where it looks like it's that arduous for that long mm-hmm. a period of time, especially in terms of big chunks of time on the road. There's no like nine out of 11 on the road. There's a six out of seven on the road after the all-star break. Kind of, you know, a little bit matching up with your stretch of schedule you talked about, Mike. They will play, they will owe the road some at the beginning of the second half of the season, the mathematical second half of the season. I'm not talking about the all-star break. I'm talking about right at that 40 game mark. And so in mid-January, let's see what I have here on the date for that. Uh, January 14th to March 2nd. They're going to play 15 of 23 on the road. But again, Ooh. I don't think that's quite as bad as the 9 out of 11 that they played on the road right. from uh, from mid to mid December until the first week of January last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially as we kind of like come back to the back-to-back thing that we were talking about earlier. They're not losing any hours on back-to-back travel this season at all. Yeah. So they're staying in the time zone. You're not doing like from Golden State to Denver where not only do you have to play two tough teams, but you're losing mm-hmm. an hour. You're not going from, like, D.C. to Dallas where you're gaining an hour, but you're still flying three hours. Like, all of this stuff should be it's, – it's pretty clean travel. So, as back-to-backs go, it's just not too rigorous. Like, yep. I think it's – it is very difficult games, and you're playing the Kings twice on the road on second nights of back-to-back. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough team to play yep. on the second leg. But you're not doing any of this stuff where you're at Utah one night, at Denver the next leg. So, I think they're, they're difficult road stretches. They'll at least have some time to sort of, like, catch some disease, you yeah. know. And, get and we don't know what those, you know, we haven't had a chance to deep dive everybody else's schedules. So maybe some of these times when they're playing those teams on back-to-backs, maybe the maybe the team, that team is also on a back-to-back. You never know how that's going to mm-hmm. line up. That's, uh, that's sure. something else to, to study as we uh, as we have some more time to go over all these schedules from around the league and how they how they compare with the Mavs. Yeah, so the pillars get filled in around. You know who you're going to play three times. You know you're going to play two times. But going into last season, I mean, the, 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 the adjustments are kind of cosmetic almost. But then you look at who you're playing on the tail end of those back-to-backs like we talked about earlier. Last season going into it, I felt like if I had to grade our schedule on a three to, on a one to ten scale, I'd be like, uh, maybe a three. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't like this schedule. Like, yeah, I, can see sure. where, I can see where the schedule is going to beat them down yes. on, this, on, this, uh, on this calendar. This year, I feel like it's more like a six or a seven. And that might just be my overall confidence in the team mm-hmm. heading into this season, feeling a little bit better than I did last year. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel better. I feel more confident. Having two superstars will do that. I really actually I seriously do and genuinely do agree with you on that from from 
you know, almost two decades of this schedule analysis, whenever you get your hands on it, mm -hmm. you start going through and you look at it and you analyze it. I mean, I do look at it from a setup and how it lays out standpoint. And look, you know, uh, maybe we do this a lot more than everybody else does. And it, of course it is 41 at home, 41 on the road. But I do think there's something to be said for how the schedule is set up and, you know, how it's going to play out in practicality. And so I do agree with you that compared to last year, for example, and many other years in the past, I like how it sets up for the Mavs in certain aspects of it compared to, compared to last year especially. I mean, I thought as soon as last year's came out, it's like, well, other than the first week of the season, it's like, man, this this is, it doesn't seem like there's, it's set up to have any sort of degree of success because of some really difficult stretches. And, and this looks better in that regard. Hmm. Follow-up question, have you considered or are you currently uh, on your contract have something in there that says your suit has to be slightly better than skins? Um, you know what? I'm working on that. Okay. I have, yeah, I have not. Uh, I have not got I can, that. I can write that in, in there for Please you. do. Yeah, okay. I need to. I need you don't to need any language, contract. man. You always pull it off. His, no, his is always better. No than disrespect skin. to skin. No disrespect. To no skin. disrespect to skin. Skin um, has really stepped up his suit game in the last two. Mark's years. suits are always better. Wow. Well, Mark's like Mark's like going into like fifth year of his NBA career. Skin still looks like like a second year guy. Like maybe wearing like maybe wearing like the raggedy suit. Maybe like the pants don't match. Maybe they came from Ross. I don't know. Marks is always just a touch came better. Came from Ross. Just always a touch better. I'm like, dang, you must, that must be in your contract. Guess not, though. Um, <laughs> all right, so looking at the home slate, which is what we care about here in Dallas. And if you're not in Dallas and you're watching this, thank you. Thank you, number one, for being a Mavs fan and watching us and uh, listening to this in podcast form. Wherever you get it, subscribe to all our podcasts. We're trying to do some great content for you throughout the year um, on a daily um, type schedule. So thanks. Subscribe and follow on Himalaya. There you go. Um, Home games. That's what I start digging into. What are the Mavs fans? What are the people here going to get into? Bobby, what sticks out to you? What home game are you most looking forward to uh, this season? Aside from opening night, which I'm really looking yeah. forward to, I yeah. am genuinely very excited. Even though, I mean, you look at the schedule, Washington is not going to be like a 60-win team, but I'm still just pumped to see Luka and Porzingis play together. I think it's going to be awesome. It'll be the craziest 60-win team ever. It would be awesome. And <laughs> I mean, who knows? Do we need to play the game I want to play of guess the Wizards opening night starting lineup? Sure, we can do that right now. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, uh, my guess is, obviously, Bradley Beal's the obvious one. Mm -hmm. Isaiah uh, Thomas starts with him in the backcourt. Okay. And I'll oh. say their starting front line opening night is Davis Bertans, Rui Hachimura, and Thomas Bryant. Which of those guys guarding KP? Um, probably Bertans because of his length and because he's Latvian. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they have to. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> written that's written in the rules. I was about to say it's written in his yeah, I think so. they should just go all out offense, man. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Isaiah, you know he can score. Yeah. Bertans can shoot. Hachimura is a really good, polished mm. offensive guy. Thomas sure. Bryant is like Dwight Powell, kind of. They're almost like the Spider-Man meme. He started, like 53, yeah, he started 53 games for them last yeah. year. I like Thomas Bryant. They do have Ish Smith, though, who is a noted Mavs killer. Yes. He is a big-time Mavs killer. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, starting five I've been for talking the to Shed too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting five Wizards. for the Wizards on opening night. Uh, Harry Potter at the one. Okay. Um, <laughs> old dude from Lord of the Rings at like maybe the four. That's Gandalf. Yeah. Or Saruman. Um, which one? Old girl from Harry Potter, uh, probably at the two. Um, I don't know any more Wizards. Yeah, Marlo. yeah, that one. Okay. That yeah. one. I don't know any other Wizards. Maybe a couple people from Lord of the Rings or from uh, Game of Thrones slide in there. Okay. We got a starting five going. That would be some game. <laughs> Again, I ask who's guarding KP. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Harry, Harry Potter doesn't want this. It's going to be a good game though because the, not only is that like the home opener, or whatever, Luke and KP first time, but also Delon Wright versus Bradley Beal. Like we're going to get a 
pretty good look at DeLon Wright's defense right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty psyched for that. But uh, Check out our podcast with DeLon Wright later this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one other game that I'm really looking forward to, and there's loads of them. I mean, there's, there's a lot of high-profile teams coming through here, obviously. But uh, November 26th against the Clippers. I'm really, really psyched to see that game. It's our Clippers first look twice at twice and Lakers twice, man. Yeah, uh, that'll be the first time this Love season it. that the Mavs have played the Clippers. Uh, so first look at them home or away. And Luca had some big games against Pat Beverly. He's okay. had he had a really big game against Kawhi yeah. at home, and he had a, some pretty big games against Paul George. But he's never had to go against all three on the same night. <laughs> and so that is going to be our first look at Luca. Like, dude, they got three world class perimeter defenders. Can you score against them? All three of them, as they're rotating on you over and over again. And uh, we're also going to see, well, which one of those guys does DeLon Wright cover? And is Justin Jackson or Dorian Finney-Smith starting? And if so, who are they guarding? And what, what are the Mavs going to do whenever you have so many threats on the perimeter? So I think that's going to be an awesome game. And also, I think the Clippers might win the West. So like that's like your wow. – probably I, the Lakers come through before them and some other teams do. But I think Clippers is like your a big-time juggernaut coming into town. So I'm really pumped to see them. Mark, I know you uh, have an eye for vengeance in your favorite home game of the season. <laughs> I'm looking for New York on November the 8th. Um, you know, this, this matters a little bit more just to us because, as everybody's seen now, uh, the game whenever KP goes back to New York mm-hmm. and plays at Madison Square Garden is a TNT game. And it's a matter of fact, about a week after the Knicks come here and play. So Friday night, November the 8th. Uh, you know, the, the first time that, that Porzingis plays against the Knicks, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And Dennis's return. Our old buddy Dennis. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. new tooth. Yep. Uh, games, I, I kind of cheated. I picked a weekend, basically, because that's I always okay. look for the Friday-Saturday games or Saturday-Sunday games because it's just super fun yeah. to be in the building on a weekend, yes. a home game, especially when it's a good opponent, um, somebody you're looking forward to. So I picked uh, January 10th and 11th, the uh, Lakers on a Friday night, 76ers on a Saturday night. Yeah. Probably two of the top, what, five or six yeah. title contenders this year in back-to-back nights at the AAC. Mm. Like, that place is going to be, like, still shaking by the time we show up for the 76ers the next day. So that's going to be an awesome weekend. Um, just, you know, if you're going to come back in town after holidays, let's go ahead and get back on the ninth. So yeah. we can go to the, uh, the Lakers and 76ers game. That's a, that's a grouping eye circle right there. The so, unique home back-to-back, too. Yes. Yeah, that very doesn't happen unique. very often. And there's very actually unique. two of them for the Mavs this year. Yeah. yeah. And that stretch also caps off a six-game homestand, too. So hopefully, yeah. by the time we get to those games, the Mavs are going to be kind of like cruising. You know? Yeah. That's that's a really weird two weeks. We get to spend it home right after the uh, the calendar turns to January. Yeah. We'll get they to they always back. spend basically the holiday season in December on the road. That's mm-hmm. kind of a, this, yeah. an annual tradition. Yeah. Um, all right, so some numbers to know, and you can stop me whenever you want to uh, chime in and throw in some insight into here. But uh, national TV games is something I always look at. Okay. Uh, how interested is the, uh, the NBA atmosphere sure. in what we're putting out there every game, um, especially going into a season? What's the hype? Last year was kind of defeating when we only had three yeah. uh, national TV games, and I know Mark likes, likes his nights off, so... Um, well, look, we've got five of them this year. Got yeah. five yeah. nights four, off? Four wow. TNT nights off and one exclusive? ESPN exclusive, okay. which is uh, the, the game on November the 1st at home against the Lakers. How often does that happen? I don't uh, know that is happening. the first time that's ever happened. Really? Wow. Only, okay. they, they didn't put, you know, for the longest time in the regular season, we can do a side-by-side broadcast whenever we're on ESPN. <clears throat> right. They very recently, and I believe last year actually was the first year of it, put into the TV contract a limited number of days in the regular season that ESPN could then have exclusivity of a broadcast and keep a local market broadcast from occurring. And that started, like I said, I think last year, 
and obviously the Mavs are going to be uh, be a part of that on that first home game they play against the Lakers on November the first. Mm-hmm. So thirteen national TV games, eight of which on the road. I still don't know why people don't want to come to Dallas and do their national games, but we'll get to that some other time. It's a beautiful um, city. It really is. Hey, great airport, easy to get in and out. Um, October 25th is the first one. Um, Zion Williamson versus Luka Doncic. Um, that's awesome. It's in New Orleans, though, on ESPN. Uh, November 1st, the first Lakers game. That's the ESPN only one that Mark just mentioned. Uh, AD and LeBron at, uh, at home, right? Yeah, we're yep. here. Yep. We're here for the ESPN broadcast of uh, first Lakers trip to Dallas with the new, new duo. November 14th at the Knicks on TNT. That is Kristaps Porzingis' first return, Courtney Lee as well, and, uh, and Tim Hardaway Jr.'s first return to New York after the trade. Uh, November 20th versus Golden State on ESPN. December 3rd at New Orleans on TNT. Again, they're really loving this uh, Dallas-New Orleans matchup, yeah. which I get it. Probably the two faces of the league if you're hoping uh, long-term if you're Adam Silver. If you're looking five years out and you're yeah. thinking of who are the faces of the league, you're probably thinking Luka and Zion. Yeah, that's two lovable stars. And mm-hmm. also, while we're here, I know Memphis, I don't know if Memphis is going to be on national TV at all this season, but Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant, like, the Southwest is shaping up to be pretty good for a long time, and it's very annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting close to Christmas, December 20th at Philadelphia on ESPN, which is awesome. Um, that's one of those games where, uh, I don't know if that's like such a high marquee game, that's like a clout game. That's like, we're playing the 76ers, they're supposed to be a top five, top four seed in the East. We're supposed to be a playoff team, or hovering around there. Let's put some respect on this game, yeah. and let them be on the national game of the night, um, which will be awesome. January 8th versus Denver's home game on ESPN. January 17th, home game against the Blazers on ESPN. Then we get another one six days later, January 23rd, at Portland on TNC. That'll be a night off for Mark. Yep. Um, January 31st at Houston on ESPN. February 26th at San Antonio on ESPN. I was kind of ex- not, not excited, but just kind of surprised that these Spurs games Mavs were getting Spurs, so much yeah. love There's two late of them. in the season. I'm going to have to write a note to Adam Silver making me work on my birthday. <laughs> um, March, I'll call that one for you if you want to take yeah, that Okay, you got it. Good friend of Bobby's. <laughs> Uh, March 10th at San Antonio again on TNT, and then March 16th versus the Clippers in Los Angeles at Staples on ESPN rounds out the national TV games. 13 total, 8 on the road, 10 more than last season. Yeah. I noticed a couple of those TNT games are Tuesday night games, too, by the way. Yeah. I think it's the the New Orleans game on December 3rd and that San Antonio game on March the 10th. So they have, uh, they have two Thursday night TNT games and then two Tuesday night. TNT games. Mm-hmm. And a couple of those home ESPN games are the late start. It's the 8.30 start. Yeah. And the crowd's always buzzing with those because, as you know, Dallas is uh, it's a tough city to navigate during rush hour. And so sometimes it does take people a little time to find a parking spot, get in their seat, get comfortable. But 8.30 uh, p.m., man, the, the bowl's full. Right you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because there are some changes on the national TV front in terms of game times. And I think clearly they're trying to uh, lessen these instances <laughs> of deep, deep in the night on the East Coast when some West Coast games are ending. So there are certainly, not every night, but there are a lot of national TV nights this year where the schedule's moving up half an hour. So yep. there are home games that, because they're on national TV, are starting at 6.30 Central Time. I mean, you're right, some of them are the late games, mm. but there are 6.30 Central Time tip-offs involving Mavs home games this year because they're the front end of a doubleheader on ESPN, for example. You will not hear me complaining about that at all. No, One bit. wrong with that. One bit. A uh, couple other weird quirks in the schedule. A Mexico City game, which constitutes a road game. We're not going to yes. have a home game. Yes, counts as a road game. Um, December Can't 12th wait. versus 
the Detroit Pistons and, as you said, Luke Kennard uh, yep. in Mexico City. I think we're out there, so just looking through this and working through it, right? It's on the 12th, but we have three days off before that. Yeah, there's a I Sunday. I bet we go out there pretty early. On Tuesday, yeah, yeah, for sure. I bet we get out there on a Tuesday, which yep. is going to be awesome, spend an evening and basically a day off in Mexico City. It's fantastic, um, man. When we played the Suns down there two years ago, we had <clears throat> such a great time. Yeah. I mean, just, just it's an incredible, amazing city. The food, the museums, uh, the, the sites that, you know, whatever kind of sightseeing you want to do, it is a, it's an enormous, vibrant city and can't say enough great things about it. It's going to be Excited super awesome this year because they were there in, what, 2017, I think is the last time that they were there. But now they got Luca, they got Chris Stapps, two really high profile uh, players who both speak Spanish. So I'm sure there's going to be plenty of media mm-hmm. there. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff. And then Seth, also. And Seth Curry will be back. And the interesting thing about that is. Great game. As whenever we played down in Mexico City in January of 17, 2017 against Phoenix, I happened to tell Seth before we went to the arena, I said, you know, I looked at these recent regular season Mexico City games the league has been staging down there. And I have deduced, man, I got exciting news for you. You are going to be, once you play tonight, the first person in world history to have played two NBA regular season games in Mexico City. Really? Yeah. Now, that That's only crazy. lasted for two days because yeah, the Suns were down there for two games. Yeah. So all those guys, Devin Booker, and you know, by the time they played that Saturday game, two days later against the Spurs. But for two days, Seth Curry, there's 7.3 billion people <clears throat> in the world, and Seth Curry was somebody out of all those 7.3 billion people, the only one to have done it. That is amazing. Will he, he was, be the first I was much more excited to the first to play three? Uh, I don't know yet. I have okay. to get back to you. Because the Suns are going down there again this year, yeah. playing the Spurs. They are okay. But it's, so if well, I think the Suns first. were down there last year yeah. too. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I think they've got guys Booker? who played four and five now. Did Booker play though? <laughs> I, uh, was, was he sitting in? I told. <laughs> I, I could tell whenever I told Seth that that I was much more excited to tell him this <laughs> than he was to receive the news. I mean, he, he smiled about it. He was very tight, nice, and he smiled road. about it. But, yeah, he had played the year before Sacramento and Boston had played down there, and so he had played in that particular game and then played what with a the Mavs. Yeah. But he, uh, that was the first game that he started yeah. whenever he was elevated his starting lineup, and then that started one of the best stretches of his career. So you should... He should thank you. Yeah. yeah. He owes you some gratitude I, for that. I haven't thought of it in that term before, but I like it. I like yeah. The last that. time you talked to him, yeah. he made himself a lot of money. <laughs> I actually have talked to him since then. Oh, I didn't okay. go a half season without yeah. talking to him. Oh, okay. so, man, that'd be weird. Uh, yeah, thank you, Detroit Pistons, for uh, giving up a home game. Yeah. So that can be a road game for Although us. it does mean we don't get to go to their uh, media dining, which is oh, top-notch. Yeah. Priorities. Top-notch. Priorities. Um, also, a little scheduling quirk on there, our final game of the preseason is an international game in Vancouver. Um, Amazing city. Against the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, excited about that one. Yes. Love Vancouver. If you've been, you want to go back instantly. Um, fantastic Phenomenal city. city. And Phenomenal. then the first game of our preseason slate. Not international, but Tulsa. Nice. Which is a little weird. Nice. Um, if you've ever been, you want Tulsa's, to go back. Tulsa's yeah. the cool city. <laughs> Tulsa and Vancouver. <laughs> Almost the same. Yeah. Um, all right, so holiday games. We aren't playing on many holidays this year. Um, we do have the December 31st at Oklahoma City Bobby Corrala Memorial Game of the Year. Yep. Uh, where he spends New Year's Eve in Oklahoma City as he demands every single season. Two right. straight years. Yeah. <clears throat> and I might go again this year, so that'll yeah. be three in a row. I think I'm on that one. Oh, okay. I think I'm calling that one. Two years ago, we came home after the game at Oklahoma yeah, City. Yeah, we were on the plane. It was, a, it was a 6 o'clock game up there, and it was just a one-game trip. But last year, we stayed over in OKC because the next day we went to Charlotte on that yep. four-game road trip. And I left my suit in the hotel. Mm. Did oh, you ever really? get it back? Yeah, they did. They mailed it to Oh, that's right. They they I left yeah. multiple 
multiple in yes. the hotel room. Yes. I was very worried. I, I just got. I just bought them. Okay, I remember this. Devastated. We saw. I saw me in uh, the hotel in Charlotte. You said, "What do you think I should do?" And I said, right, "Call what the hotel." What do I do about these suits? Yeah, call the hotel and ask him to. And they mailed them right away. It was so nice. Yeah. So shout out to mm-hmm. shout out to the. I don't. What is the hotel called that we stay at? Uh, uh, no, no, we shouldn't say that on the, on the broadcast. <laughs> shout out to them though. Uh, they're in they're OKC. Great. Yeah. Oh, great hotel. Great hotel. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, whatever really, it is, great very good hotel. hotel. Really legit hotel. I enjoyed that one. It is a, it is a good hotel. Kind of creepy after it's an awesome like, hotel. after the sun goes down. But uh, surprised it didn't, didn't just uh, throw your suits away because they're probably trash. Um, <laughs> moving good on, Lord, you got some hot suit takes, man. <laughs> I've seen Jeez. you dress. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong with this? Go ahead. Back to backs, thirteen of them. Um, five road to road back to backs. Two instances of a back to back with two days off. Uh, leading into it. The league is trying to cut down on back-to-backs. They sent us a little note trying to prove such. Um, reduction of back-to-backs from last year, 398 last year, 371 this year. So they know it's a deal where they don't want to put out you know, a suboptimal product um, if they don't have to. So hopefully at some point in our careers doing this, we're going to look up and go, hey guys, this is the year we don't do back-to-backs yeah. anymore. Right do you now remember we used to have 19 or 20 in a oh season? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then back to back to back. Yes, that and four right. and fives yeah. is terrible. Now this is the second yeah. year with no four game five night stretches too, so that's really good. The average per team is down to twelve point four after mm-hmm. it was thirteen point three last year, and no team's going to play more than fourteen sets of back to backs this year. So awful, that's good. Awful that's nice good. of them. Yep. Nice. Awful that is nice cool. of them. That's very good. Um, and again, no time zone changes on any of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, we could go through these if you want, but the ones that stick out to me is a uh, December twenty eighth Golden State. Los Angeles Lakers back to back, that one hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, the home Lakers Philly one, it's home, so whatever. Um, I think we can steal one of those, maybe both of them. Um, and then some of these other matchups. I hate the road back to back, especially when it's like Washington Charlotte, Orlando Atlanta, Orlando Atlanta. You get some travel, a decent amount of travel in there. It's gonna be. It's a short flight from Washington to Charlotte, but it's gonna be a late night because it's a long fl- uh, ride yeah. to the yeah. airport out there. Yeah, it's a Dallas. Yeah, so uh, hopefully at some point we get rid of all those, but um, you know how it works in back-to-backs. <laughs> you go out there and you're like, I'm tired. I bet they're tired, too. Yeah. All we do is type. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't you, have to do anything. All you do is type. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mark put a pretty good note here. Last 11 games we played without any back-to-back consideration. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, at the end of the regular season when you could be fighting for uh, seeding or even just getting into the playoffs, period the last 11 games you play, and that's very unique. I can't think of a time that that's happened in recent memory. Usually you always have one last back-to-back at the end of the mm-hmm. season, or the, you know, maybe the last two games of the season. I mean, that's happened a lot of times over the years or very, very close to the end of the season. There's, you know, they shoehorn one mm-hmm. or two last sets of back-to-backs in in the final two weeks of the year. But this year, the last 11 games that the Mavericks play will have no back-to-backs involved. So I do think that's really important in terms of needing to potentially win those games at the end of the year to get into the playoffs. Uh, Bobby's already mentioned the no time zone changes. And of note, you realize, I believe last year, the only two second night of a back-to-backs that the Mavericks won were the only times last year that they had a road home back-to-back. Well, this year, between the home-and-home back-to-backs they have, two of them, and the road home back-to-backs, 
Six out of the 13 sets of back-to-backs this year will feature the second game being played at home. So you have the energy of your home crowd. Six wins right there. Mm-hmm. Well, it certainly should right. help. Uh, you know, that was, so. you know, Luca talked about that was a real adjustment for him last year. That was something that they didn't have to do in Spain. Doesn't happen. Um, and, and so that was a real challenge for him. Uh, he had a lot of his, uh, statistically speaking, poor games on the second night of back-to-backs last mm-hmm. year. So the fact that uh, six of them are at home on the second night of a back-to-back out of the 13 that you play, I do think gives you, yet again, another little uh, scheduling quirk, scheduling layout advantage as to, to, the, to the point at the very beginning of this as to why we think this is, you know, sets up as, as schedules go yep. uh, comparatively favorable for the Mavs. This is what I put the most weight in. Is when you look at this list of back-to-backs and you see what the second team and where it is. Yeah. Because it almost feels like a scheduled loss. And if you start running down these, okay, at Memphis, home Minnesota. I'm not talking about the second game of back-to-backs that we're looking at. Home against Sacramento. At L.A., at the Lakers, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia at home, at Sacramento, a Phoenix game in there, a home Atlanta game in there, a road Charlotte, a road Atlanta, a road Chicago. Home against Denver, that's going to be tough no matter what. And then at Sacramento, it's not quite what it looked like last year where it's Utah, Houston. It seemed like every back-to-back was yeah. a playoff team last yeah. year. At Denver, I yeah. think there was and a yeah. at Denver back-to-back. Especially down the stretch, if they are trying to make a push, like if it's the last week of the season or last two weeks, you got to win three, four in a row. Mm-hmm. Not having to manage any yep. rest, load situation, whatever, like mm-hmm. that's going to be very nice. It's going to be yeah. very nice. Because I imagine at least a lot of these early ones – I mean, we don't have Dirk anymore. Mm. Um, we do in our hearts, but not on the roster. Yep, forever um, JJ is going to be coming back from his Achilles, right? That'll so be tough. So you're probably going to knock him out of those games. With, yeah. and just KP, I mean, Cuban's yeah. already on record saying that they're going to do that a little bit at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the load management, you know, track that Kawhi set out last year, yeah. they won a championship It worked it. really well. I'm not going to tell anybody they're wrong yeah. for sitting out uh, second half of back-to-backs. Um, and then three games and four nights happens 12 times. Not that insane. Um, busiest month. So we've got three months of exactly 15 games, which I think is more even than it was last season. I think we had one that kind of bubbled up. I think we had a 17 somewhere in there yeah. last year. Yeah, December, that sounds maybe? right. That sounds right. Yeah. That it's was, always December. Yeah, you just lose your mind. But uh, December this year, 15 games, nine on the road. Mm-hmm. That one hurts. Um, at Lakers, at Pelicans. Uh, Mexico City is a road game against the Pistons at Milwaukee, at Philadelphia, at Toronto, at Golden State, at the Lakers uh, again, and at OKC. So I consider technically not the busiest month, but the busiest travel month mm-hmm. uh, is December. So if you're looking for a time to really, uh, you know, maybe you want that second unit playing at their best, maybe you want some of the young guys developing into who they are, let's, let's try and get that right in December. Let's do all the little little things around the fringes that can make us a more competitive team. And it's hard road games too, Mike. Absolutely. I mean, it's Lakers, it's Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Lakers again, Toronto, Golden State. You mm-hmm. know, those are some. And who knows what Oklahoma City is going to be this year? Uh, right. You know, because we, we don't know how everything's going to end up turning out with Chris Paul at this point. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's no there's no rumors about him being moved along. But we'll we'll see what happens with that. But yep. uh, those are all, or not all of them, but a lot of them anyway, are really tough road games too. Yep. Uh, some weekend matinee games are on yes. the slate. We've got eight of them total. Uh, I think there was only one at home last year that I remember that was a 2.30 start. Um, very randomly in there. we got eight this we year. We didn't even get breakfast for lunch that day. Man. That's it was, true. It was regular food. Three of them are at home just from being in the organization and knowing what we're trying to do with mm-hmm. what kind of crowds we're getting out there. 
Try to be a little kid friendly. Yeah. You know, get your kid out there before they're all sleepy and they fall asleep at halftime. You don't feel like you got your money's worth. Well, how about a, how about a two thirty start? Mm-hmm. You know, let's get out there early in the afternoon. Let's go hang out at Victory Plaza. Let's catch a great game. Let's go home. Your kids, dude. And even if even if you're grown, whatever, turn mm-hmm. it into a date. You go out to a game, then go out d- get dinner afterwards. Or a grown yeah. baby. Yeah, you know, or, yeah. If you're like a grown an baby, baby, like person. me, like me, I'm, yeah. I'm an adult baby. Um, it's nice to get out of the building at five. It's still sunny. You can go yeah. kick around for a little bit. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I looked at a couple of those, by the way, and those are the uh, Mav Stars doubleheaders at the arena. Oh, okay. Oh, so I think I think the December seventh home game against the Pelicans. It's at one p.m. Mm-hmm. and I believe the March fourteenth home game. That's at one p.m. against the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. I think those two games are weekend games where the Mavs are going to play at 1 o'clock and then the Stars are going to play at 7.30 that night. At mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yeah, um, those are great, man. I love early games. And love just a, uh, And also, too, uh, real quick, the Mavs usually do pretty well at early uh, home games, and yeah. I'll let you figure out uh, the reason why on your own. But they, they usually play <laughs> very years well. years ago, that was not what we said. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not how people felt about that a few years ago. Um, all right, so first one is... Uh, at Houston, 2.30 p.m. on, uh, what month is that, November 24th? Yeah. Uh, December 1st. November. Yeah, 11 is November. Yep. Uh, 12 would be December, so the first, uh, 1 p.m. at the Lakers. Uh, first home game matinee would be at 1 p.m. December 7th against the Pelicans. Uh, December 22nd at Toronto at 3.30 p.m. Uh, January 25th at Utah at 3 p.m. Random matinee in Utah. Uh, March 1st at Minnesota at 2.30 p.m. And then the last two are our home matinee. They'll probably sell... Uh, a ticket package around our home matinee games just if you're looking for that if you yeah, just want to go absolutely. to a saturday early game with your absolutely. kiddos we'll probably have that three game pack for you at some point this season so look forward to that uh, so the final two in march uh phoenix 1 p.m on march 14th and march 29th versus milwaukee at 2 p.m um and mark noted on here 11 other games that start as early eve or late afternoon games 5 36 or 6 30. yeah um, at the game site now uh, yeah. you know for example Golden State started doing this last year. They play Saturday games at 5.30 Pacific time. So that's still, you know, from a TV, from people watching here back home on TV, that's a 7.30 Central time start. But, you know, uh, it is it is noteworthy that basically a quarter of your schedule, the games are going to be played either definitely in the afternoon or in the late afternoon, early evening, where the games are wrapped up by, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock local time. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's yeah. very nice. Yep. That's awesome. Very nice. Um, so longest homestand slash road trip of the season. Ooh, real quick, real Go quick. Ahead, sir. All these early games, especially mm-hmm. uh, like real matinees, 1 p.m., 2 p.m., it's great for our fans in Europe, too. Oh, yeah. Fantastic for our fans watching that. Yeah, for sure. Slovenia, Latvia, all this place. Germany. So we don't have any of these uh, insanely grueling road trips this season. Uh, longest road trip is four games, and it happens twice. Uh, end of February, hitting into March. There's a San Antonio, Miami, Minnesota, Chicago trip in there. And then later in March, the 16th to the 21st, uh, there's an L.A., Sacramento, Portland, Phoenix, which is actually not that bad of a trip. That's man. a gut check trip, though, that yeah. time of year. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I, I think that's uh, that's that could be really pivotal in yep. terms of playoff positioning and, and you know securing a spot because you know you've already talked about how good you think the Clippers are. We assume Portland, of course, is going to be mm-hmm. good, and we also assume Sacramento's in the mix to challenge along with Dallas for one of those last couple of playoff spots. And the aforementioned. For whatever reason, the Mavs can't beat Phoenix. Yep. You know, unless it's Dirk's Someone last game. Some of the cacti yeah. out there. Unless can't. it's Dirk's last home game. Yeah. Uh, longest home ga- home stand of the season is six games, January second to January eleventh. Basically, a two week stretch in there. We get to chill at home after the calendar turns and everybody gets to hang out with their family. 
Um, Rick Brooklyn. will be complaining by the end of that, saying, you know, that it's uh, that it's too long to be at home, that you get too comfortable, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know you're not in the routine of going out on the road, and, and and I'm not making that up. He will he could potentially say there are challenges to playing six yeah. straight games at home because I've heard him say that in the past. A couple so, years ago, we had like a seven or eight game at home, and right away he was like, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean he wasn't he doesn't pull yeah. punches with that. Yeah. Um, all right, so a scheduling note, if you're looking for some city edition fun, I'll tell you everything I can tell you. Um, we're going to have a new court, which is going to be awesome. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it looks like. I'm not going to tell you when. I don't even know if I know. I don't think I, I know, know what it looks like. You haven't like. seen it? I didn't know that. Okay. I knew that we are getting another court, but I have not yeah. seen the court. Yeah. Do you have pictures? Yeah, I'll show you later. All right, cool. I'll put it in your Google Drive or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the password yeah. to that is... So whenever, just the mechanics of it, you got to set down a new court. Like, just think about, just think of how, what Steve Letson's going through. Right. Yeah. On how, how the mechanics of getting a new court. Hey, and then, if you've ever seen the changeover at the arena, that is yeah. not easy. Yeah. And not then when you, for example, they've got to do that twice this year where it's Mavs game, Stars game on the mm-hmm. same day. Yeah. And yeah. That, uh, that, that, that home and home back to back in December, that's, that's crazy because that's Mavs home game at Saturday at one, Stars home game that night. Yeah. Mavs home game yep. no on way. Sunday, yeah. and it's a six o'clock Sunday game, I think. Man. So yep. that's, that's, wow. yeah, that's nuts. Um, so, whenever you lay down the court, if it's a City Edition night and it's a back-to-back or even a close window of the next game, it's going to be City Edition, City Edition. Court and jersey. Mm-hmm. Because it takes wow. so much to flip the court. You know what I mean? You're not going to go back. You're not going to do City Edition one night and then two nights later flip the court back to normal court and wear normal uniforms. So, we're going to get a bunch of City Edition groupings, which is awesome because I think people are going to be really fired up about the look this season in general. and just how out there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sacramento was doing that a lot last year, right? Where they were yep. playing, where they were putting down different courts to match mm-hmm. the uniforms yep. that they were wearing for that particular Yeah, game. they had that turquoise sort of lion yep. logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. traditional old school Kings one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the the yep. baby blue with Is turquoise Kings the color? What color? No, it's like powder blue. Powder powder blue. blue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, kind of UCLA blue. blue. Yeah, yeah. What is turquoise? So if you're looking for a City Edition drop night, when's the first one going to happen? I know the idea right now, and hopefully, uh, November 26th. Wow. The Breaking Clippers, news. The Clippers. Breaking news. Um, for a lot I of reasons. I don't see any home games around them, though, Mike. Yeah, I know. The whole prelude is just. Well, I'm just saying, if you, if you get a city edition, know that the next, if, you're, if there's another game two nights away, and you're like, oh, too. I'd like to see those jerseys in that court again. Well, you're probably in luck. Nice. We're not going to flip okay. the court on you yeah. um, out of nowhere. Um, so if we're looking at City Edition fun, which I know people will get really into, the party was awesome last year. We got some big things playing this season. Uh, November twenty sixth against the Clippers, I would put uh, put my money on that being the drop of City Very Edition. Cool. And those nights in the season. arena are always fun too, because like the intro changes, yeah. everything like everything is just different. It's kind of different. You know? Yeah, um, I think y'all are really really gonna like the City Edition touch that we had to everything uh, this year. So. Um, if you're into that, if you're into new swag, if you're into uh, you know merch that might not be online yet, that's only in store type thing, City Edition uh, editions, November 26th against cool. the Clippers. I would circle that one and um, plan for that. Is it going to be like turkey? A turkey on the uh, yeah, uniforms? Yeah, yeah it's entirely... Turkey patch because it's two days. Yeah, it's a pilgrim outfit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're playing Miles Standish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing in pilgrim outfits. Nice. That's why everyone's gonna love it. Okay. Even in March, we're gonna still be doing it. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of weird, but yeah, we just can't get out of it. Um, all right, so let's go month by month, see if anything sticks out to you, real quick. Um, obviously, the four games in October, no, no back to backs early, super early in the season, which is 
encouraging to me because I hate yeah. second game being bunched with the third game. Sure, um, sure. You go your your games eight and nine of the year of the of yeah. the, se- of the season until you have a back to back. Yeah, and then you got a nice gap there where there's not another one until December, which is pretty helpful. Um, okay, anything stand out to you for November, guys? November? Yeah, I like um, that second. I like that. Cleveland, Orlando, New York, Memphis. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Because your, your first five games are tough. I mean, Washington at home, for as much as we want to say, like, the Wizards probably aren't going to make the playoffs this season, that's still going to be a tough game because Bradley Beal is really good. Um, your first five games are pretty difficult, and so getting to play Cleveland, Orlando, the Knicks, and Grizzlies, hopefully you can win some of those games and kind of, if you start below 500, you can get back to or even above. Yeah. Or if you start hot, then maybe you could get even hotter. Like, they mm-hmm. did, what, 15, 16, I think they started 9-4. and four. And after that, you can afford to stumble a little bit mm-hmm. if you if you start hot. So, yeah. Uh, the the November thing that stands out, the October November thing, is just kind of the thing that I set off to start. Is that six of your first fifteen games mm-hmm. are against, uh, with all due respect, again against either the Wizards, Grizzlies, Knicks, or Cavaliers. And so, it just you have to get off to a good start this year. I mean, it just it has to happen. And uh, what we've seen the last few years just you know must be avoided at all costs because the expectations. Are higher now, and there's a feeling that different things are, are going to start happening, and, and the way you do that is to not bury yourself in the beginning. So that's what stands out to me. Just win, baby. Yep, yep. And and it is nice to have that uh, that four game homestand that will be right there in the middle of the month is fun. Toronto, the only visit of the defending champs. Obviously, they look a whole lot different with Kawhi leaving, mm-hmm. but it still is the defending champ, so that will be neat. Uh, the first time you see the Spurs, the first time you see Golden State, and then Cleveland coming in to end the homestand. So that's uh, that's a cool little homestand. Delon Wright's going to get a ring, right? Is that I guess we can we can ask him that, but he was on the, yeah. he was on the team. Yeah, yeah, I got traded at the deadline for Marcus Sewell. Yeah, so I think uh, I, I think that that is a player vote. That's how that's determined. The yeah. players vote if there were people that were on the team for part of the season. Uh, I don't know if they if they determine if you get a playoff share or if you get a ring or yeah. I've. That's been off my radar for a while, yeah. unfortunately. We'll have to we'll have to ask him. We'll Can we get the Benji Molina Memorial Championship <laughs> ring? <laughs> well, I mean, because they usually you know. If, yeah. Whether it's Toronto's visit here or our visit to mm-hmm. Toronto, something they'll do something nice for Delon. I would think it would think be. Let me have it. I would think it would be if there's where that. Do you think he'll let me have it? Give you the ring? Yeah. Probably not. You can oh. ask him. I'm gonna ask him tomorrow. Okay. I'm okay. Just see if I can have. It. I mean, whatever. He's got yeah. a lot of rings. That's true. Um, December is whenever you need to uh, stock up on the cold meds. That's when everyone starts getting a little loopy because the travel uh, nine road games in the month of December. That's when we'll be starting our All Star. Uh, pushes for okay. I'm assuming Luca and KP. Hopefully they're worthy this season. I would put, I would think they're gonna be all right. Um, so that's when our All Star campaigns are gonna start. January, that weird two weeks at the beginning yeah. <laughs> where we don't uh, leave. You don't have to leave your couch um, or you leave your own bed from the first to the thirteenth of that month. It's pretty awesome. Uh, let's see February. Obviously, the All-Star break looks like it's going to start on the 13th. I think that's already out there. Yes, that's um, correct. 13th, 14th, 15th, and the All-Star game will be the 16th in Chicago. And then four days off after that. That is going to be bitter, cold, but probably super fun. It'll be bitter cold for you guys. I won't be here. <laughs> that could be bitter cold for me. It's going to be Mark's second Peru trip. <laughs> um, and then March, um, nothing really stands out to me in March. 
Well, that big road trip, that 16th, 17th, 19th, 21st, yeah, Clippers, that's the longest Kings, of the season, Portland, technically. Yeah, I mean, from February yeah. 21st to March 21st, you're on the road a whole lot. Yeah, six out of seven on the road right out of the yeah. All-Star and, break. Yeah. Uh, I had the note somewhere in one of these notes, one of these pages, I don't want to fish for it, but they've been, uh, I think, bottom five road record in the league for three years in a row now. Yeah. So they have got to find a way to turn that around. Because last year they were really good at home. They won, what, 24 out of 41, I think? So 24 mm-hmm. and 17. But you go nine and thirty-two or whatever it was on the road. I mean, you're just buried. Mm-hmm. So you gotta find a way to get closer to like even 15, 16, 17 wins. If you're twenty-four at home, then you're right there on the play, on the you know cusp of the playoffs. And so if yep. that's that's got to be something that changes this year is yep. just better success on the road. If you won seventy percent of your home games, which is uh, which is a high number, uh, but if you could do that, that's what is that? That's that's thirty twenty-nine. That's twenty-nine yeah. home wins basically. Um, yeah, and you find a way to get to that number you're talking about, 16, 17 road mm-hmm. wins, then you're at 45 or 46, and that's probably 7th or 8th in the West. And for so many years in the mid-aughts, especially when they're winning 55, 60 games every year, they were like 27 and 14 on the yeah. road or something crazy. They were a great road team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, this team is still pretty young, but you got to find a way to win road games. Have to. And then April 15th is the regular season home finale. If for some reason Dirk retires again, that'd be weird, but just maybe get the tickets just in case. Yeah. If he wants to do a double retirement. Yeah. 41 22 one. It's cool um, that they get to say, end the season at home this year. Yeah, yeah. This year, you don't have to go to San Antonio on a back to back. What if Dirk says at the end of the year, you know what? I'm not going to let Vince Carter be the only guy to play 22 okay. seasons. I'm going to sign a 10 day. I'm going to yeah. sign a 10 day. Bring in Romo, too. <laughs> get them all. Bring them all back. <laughs> no, number nine jersey's retired. So. You got Jet tweeting Jet emojis about the match yeah, yeah. needing to fill a roster spot, so who knows? Maybe he'll be there, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, that's, that's OKC's only visit. So this is a yeah. little bit of esoterica. Uh, <laughs> the last week of the regular season, Detroit and OKC, the last two home opponents will be their only visits. Yeah. So that's weird. we're gonna have to wait until the very last day of the year to see every team play. Well, you Pistons fans that live in Dallas, that there's a lot. Here. There's a, my family's from Detroit. There's it's a whole lot. You of and Detroit your dad. Players. That's it. And my mom and my sister. Along the lines, the reason that Oklahoma City doesn't come in here until the end of the year is that they're only playing them three times this year. Mm-hmm. And remember, you do have four teams every season. You only play three times, and that rotation is determined years in advance. But this year, it's Oklahoma City and Golden State where they only come to Dallas one time. The Golden State game, by the way, for those who want to see them, is mm-hmm. November the 20th. I think the day before the Thanksgiving. I think seven no, years in a row we've played a, a game. A week before Thanksgiving. Is Thanksgiving is not, not until the 28th this year. It's the oh, latest. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's the latest Late Thanksgiving can be. That is the break in tradition, man. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very excited about that. So OKC and Golden State are come to Dallas one time. Mavs play them on the road twice. Mm-hmm. And then Utah Clippers are Mavs only go out there one time, which I also think, albeit kind of tiny, but that's a couple of games. And so I do think yep. that's a beneficial schedule set up for the Mavs. The Clippers and Jazz come here to American Airlines Center twice. But again, the Mavs only go on the road to play those teams who are the creme de la creme of the Western Conference. I think mm-hmm. we would all agree on that, or at least theoretically they should be. And, and the Mavs only have to go play yep. them on the road one time. So that's good as well. Quick take, where does Utah finish? Like top two? Top, I'd say top three. Third, third right now. Third? Third. Third, fourth in that ballpark somewhere yeah. there. Uh, I like their team a lot. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the Mike Conley edition They're really was, good. Uh, was, They're really, was very good. Yes, they might was, be uh, maybe number one pick in the old Bobby Corella power rankings. Wow. But we'll see. Wow. Um, speaking of offseason moves and what 
transpired around the league. Obviously, an insane offseason where, uh, what was the stat? Like, every single All-Star move teams from the Pretty much. Every 2016 All-Star is on a yeah. different team now, basically. Um, but uh, we didn't want to let you watch this and just get super nerdy about the schedule without giving you a couple takes about you know, how we feel about the roster and how it's shaped up and what we're going to be rolling out there October 23rd mm-hmm. against the Washington Wizards. Um, we can definitely sit here if you're a fan and you want to yell at each other about, uh, well, we didn't sign a max free agent. We didn't get a huge free agent type of guy. That's, that's fine. You can go do that on the internet. That's, this isn't really the place for that. For me, I'm worried about the guys that are here and what business we actually got done mm-hmm. uh, this offseason and looking at the deals and having a little bit of time to, to marinate on it. I had a revelation this morning when I was driving in and I was like, okay, think of the deals that actually got done. Okay, you got Dwight Powell. Yeah. You brought Dwight back. You got Maxi Kleber. You got uh, Dorian. You brought in DeLon Wright for a sign-in trade. Seth Curry. So, and, and Boban. Boban. Boban as well. We can't leave Bobby out. But uh, the guys that came back and the additions that we brought in, I liked all the moves a lot. I think those dudes are going to be really key to what we're doing this season and into the future as you're trying to insulate around KP and Luka. Mm-hmm. But what struck me was thinking about those dudes and thinking about the numbers that they got in terms of contracts and length. Um, all of them are going to be here for a little bit. They're going to get to grow around Luca and KP. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure out exactly what um, what connection of formula we're going to need to put around KP and Luca pretty quickly, I think. But the thing that got me all giddy was thinking of these dudes as, I don't know if they're 82-game starters, mm-hmm. but they're starter-quality players. Mm-hmm. Maxie's a starter-quality player. Dwight Powell, by God, he's, you know, he's, he's the efficiency mark in the league offensively. DeLon Wright, Seth as well, right? So four, those four dudes, I think, are starter quality players on, I don't know, half the teams in the league. Uh, when you start shaping it up, and the deals we got them on are way below what people are paying for starters. Mm-hmm. So you've got a bunch of really good contracts that are longer term of dudes that I like. I like their games and they can bring a lot. And then the other part of that is I think this team has a chance to be a sneaky good defensive team. If you start rolling out, start working out your starting lineup. We talked about Washington's starting lineup. On opening night, yeah. Okay. What's ours? And if in most of those machinations of that, I'm like, that's a pretty good three or four of those dudes are really good defensively. Yeah, I don't think there's any sneakiness about it. I mean, they've been like basically just slightly below league average defensively for, I think, three or four years Mm -hmm. in a row now. And so if you take Going a team... Going on defensive rating. Just defensive rating, yes. Yeah, yes. Those yes. who are wondering where you're coming up with that. That's yeah, by, def- by points allowed per 100 possessions. Yeah. Uh, they've been just basically slightly below. Like, I want to say between, like, 17 and 22, basically, mm-hmm. the last, like, three or four years straight. Uh, you upgraded defensively probably at four or five positions this summer, I think. Uh, if you're starting lineup, and now there's a few different ways they can, they can go, but if I'm trying to build a starting lineup that I think will actually start on opening night... I'm thinking probably my prediction, DeLon Wright, Luca, Justin Jackson, Maxi Kleba, and Porzingis. And so Maxi, we all know his rim protection numbers. Uh, KP, he was what, the most underrated defender by mm-hmm. if you're judging by Carmelo, and I don't know if you wanna if Carmelo's the be all end all stat in the world, but Trying he's a really job. good shot blocker. We've seen Maxi able Just to protect for, the for rim. People, by the way, for people who are watching and wondering what you're saying about Carmelo, that is five thirty eight. It's a stat developed defensive yeah. measure, yes. by the way. Just the stat. Not the game. not the man himself. Not Carmelo Anthony. He didn't like go in a room and go. He's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty underrated. Pretty, yeah, pretty underrated. Pretty underrated. You know? Carmelo broke down tape of every yeah. player in the yeah. lead. Yeah, and, yeah. well, he would know. He's played yeah. with Chris Stapps He's before. got time, too. Yeah. But uh, 
between KP and Maxi, if that's who they start, and I think Dwight is the other candidate there, but mm -hmm. if Maxi is the starter, that's a guy who can protect the rim and also switch guard wings and guards and all that stuff if, if needed. So I think that's a really, really good front court uh, defensive pairing. And then DeLon Wright is a really good defender at the point guard spot. Yeah. can defend uh, some you know twos and wings. Justin Jackson, I think, is a pretty above average defender at least. Uh, and then off the bench, you still got Dorian, and you got other guys that can defend too. I mean, like I think they're not—they're not sneaky good. I think they're just pretty—they're pretty, they're pretty yeah. good, pretty good at least in the starting group. Michael, if I were to guess the starting lineup, I would vary a little bit from Bobby's. I don't think that Powell got a—you know—the three-year, thirteen million dollars season or whatever the eleven million dollars, whatever it is. I don't even remember right now. I'm sorry, but but whatever the number is, I don't think he got that extension to be coming off the bench. Not not to, you know, and not only that, but. A lob threat with Luke is very important. Uh, the numbers that Powell posted as a starter mm -hmm. and what he did basically from around the 1st of February, whenever whenever I would have to go back and look specifically at how many games, but but give or take from the 1st of February to the end of the season, he was a about a 15 rebound, I'm sorry, 15.7 rebound a game player uh, starting a lot of those particular games. So There's some crazy three-point shooting stat in there, too. Yeah, for, I mean, like half the season, he was about 40%. Yeah, yeah he was it's just 40% second half the, the season. The first half of the year, he was like 18 or something. Just yeah. So it was, yeah. So that does need to that does need to level out. <laughs> that was out get, yeah, get that a little bit more consistent. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think I would agree with you on your projection for the starting lineup. I, other than I would say Powell starts, Kleba mm -hmm. comes off the bench. Uh, you know, I, I think he's the sixth or seventh guy in your rotation. Um you know, Seth is, is probably one of your top two guys off the bench as well. I, d I do think that you want him on the floor some with Luca, and so you want to play him enough minutes so he's out there with Luca because you want him to provide floor spacing and be able to capitalize on Luca's passing ability and the floor spacing that would come with Luca and Porzingis on the floor at the same time. Luca so he's did got to play with the starting group or those two players in particular. Yeah, Luca demolished backups last year. I think that was one of the real sad things about. JJ's injury and then also the trades is that the roster turned over so much to a degree that Luca was no longer really playing with the second unit, or at yeah. least it was different. But if it's Luca and Seth and Brunson and Shooter, Shooter, or just like Big Big, like that's a really, really good team against backups. The other shooter. two, you know, as we know, Luca and Porzingis are obvious starters. So the other two positions that you would have a debate about, I do agree with you, DeLon Wright. Um, because I think you want the defender out there mm -hmm. and a bigger defender who can guard point guards or shooting guards, depending on what you want to do. I would think you would still probably always want to have him on the point on the point guard if it's if it's he and Luca on the floor together. Obviously, if you're playing, you know, at a time when you're playing Brunson and Wright, maybe Brunson's guarding the point guard and Wright's guarding the two. But point being is that uh, you know the question with Wright is can he be a good enough outside shooter? in the lineup, but I love what he provides defensively and I love what he provides secondary playmaking because I do think that that needs to happen. Luca needs somebody else out on the floor so he doesn't have to do all the playmaking and ball handling and all those sorts of things by himself. And then the other one, uh, I think it's Justin Jackson, that's my guess on uh, August the 12th, mm -hmm. subject to change. Um, you know, Finney Smith probably is gonna have a chance to earn that mm -hmm. opportunity as well. Uh, he started quite a bit over the last, you know, over his rookie season. And, and started a pretty fair amount of games last year as well. Uh, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but I mean, he started. It was yeah. about half, I think. Yeah. He's just, maybe maybe a little, just a little under whatever it took to qualify for a starter, sure. I think. Sure. So, um, you know, I think that's that's something to look for as well is, is, you know, could be Justin if you want more offense on the floor at the start of the game to kind of, you know, make sure that it's not all incumbent on uh, Porzingis and Luca and the lob mm -hmm. threat of Powell. 
somebody else who can provide some offense. Um, but it could be more defensive oriented with Vinny Smith. Um, you know, so who knows on that? It could be matchup dependent too. And yeah. on second nights, if, if Porzingis is out, then it could be different too. And also, yeah. neither of us mentioned Tim Hardaway. That's yeah. true. Who yeah. got a lot of shots whenever he was starting. I mm-hmm. think that he's. There I were a couple times where they used him against second units, and he was pretty good, mm-hmm. just kind of beating down backups. To me, that's his optimal. Yeah. I, I think if you're going to look at where Hardaway fits in on a good team, then I think he fits in as somebody who provides microwave-type scoring punch against backups coming off the bench and helps be a shot and offense creator and points provider on a second unit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think on the nights you brought up the nights whenever Porzingis sits out, um, you know, that might be nights when Kleba starts, or I, I think you're going to see plenty of those opportunities when maybe if Finney Smith isn't a starter, maybe he's a starter at the four. Maybe you, you slide Powell up to five and Finney Smith starts at four because – uh, he's a great offensive rebounder for a wing player, and I think that he could be and, and he can guard multiple positions. So maybe that's that's how he works his way into the lineup. Yeah, and just thinking about Dwight Powell mixing in there with Luca and KP on the pick and roll, pick mm-hmm. and pop. It's quite good. The, sec- the second best catch and shoot player the last time he played in regular minutes, KP in the league, right. uh, and then the best uh, pick and roll man mm-hmm. uh, in the league, and Dwight Powell. Man, that's going to be it a is, nightmare. They complement each other so well. Yeah. I think that's why they just have to end up yeah. being your starting bigs. A lot of minutes together, at least. Yeah. Like they don't. I don't. I'm not demanding. Okay, you need these guys minute one of each game, but that first sub, if it's Luca, KP, Dwight, and bench guys, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's that's going to give so many teams so many headaches. And then the other cool thing about bringing Dwight and Maxi back um, long term is I think those guys are going to be the two dudes that set the tone for this team. Uh, in terms of going to practices, showing up on time, working your butt off, um, just being consistent. Because those dudes have evolved their game so much to this point, um, where Maxi blossomed into a player that got $8 million a year last year mm-hmm. uh, and was probably coveted across the league. And then Dwight, the same thing. So I really like those two guys being here long-term because I think those mm-hmm. are going to be quietly. They might not be the superstar-level guys like Luca and KP, but those are going to be the face of your franchise. Those two dudes... Behind the scenes, you're going to go, who leads practices? Who's keeping people accountable? Who's making everybody work harder? It's going to be Maxie and Dwight, because that's the kind of dudes they are. So I was really excited when they got back uh, in the fold. Um, okay, so expectations for this season. I think one thing we're kind of sleeping on as a fan base and across the league, just uh, NBA intelligentsia, is how stinking good Chris Tapp's Porzingis yeah. is mm-hmm. and how yeah. good he was the last time he played, man. I mean, 22 points, was it like seven rebounds? Shooting 40% from three. Had the New York yeah. Knicks. He was an all-star. Had the New York Knicks as a 500 team um, two months into that season with that roster that they were rolling out there. Like, this dude is special. And there's a reason they call him the unicorn. There's a reason we gave up a boatload to obtain his rights and re-signed him for the most money possible. So, I guess your expectations early on, um, just him adjusting back into it and how he works with these guys as a whole. Yeah, I mean, that my expectations for the team are obviously tied pretty directly to how Porzingis looks, how he plays. Uh, you hear good things. He looks enormous he does, uh, on Instagram. If, you, yeah. if, you, if you're big on social Not media. Not arms day. Yeah, if you ever heard social media, he's big on there. Nobody skips arms day. Nah. Uh, yeah. I think Maybe that uh, the Porzingis, no matter how like physically different he is, I think you're going to see a totally different player here just because if you go back and like you and I have spent the last week basically just watching his highlight tapes over and over and over again, um, you watched every single shot he took, uh, for example, I think in his last season that he played. 
he took so many mid-range shots and he was in the post yeah, yeah. so often and he was just kind of like in this weird because he was in the triangle for a couple years in New York and so he was taking very kind of unconventional curling off for an 18-footer. A lot of weird shots uh, were happening. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, kind of like, I don't know, it was real just kind of old-school basketball. It was like watching a team play in the 90s, which there's mm-hmm. not, I love the triangle. I think it's really cool. Everyone's passing to each other. Everyone's involved. But um, for a guy who is a career, what, 35, 36% three-point shooter, and for the last season that he played, he was shooting around 40% from three. For him to have never taken more than five threes a game, I think is kind of criminal. I think that's going to change this year. He could take as many as eight or nine threes a game this season, I think, maybe even more, um, because he's going to have the best teammate he's ever played with in Luka setting things up for him. Uh, this is a guy who, for a majority of his career in New York, was relying on guys like Jared Jack uh, to run the offense. And no disrespect to Jared Jack, he's a great player, but uh, Luka is just in another league. He's just a totally another class of player. and so. Um, the system is different, the teammates are different, I think the shots are inevitably going to be different, and if he shoots from three at anywhere near the level of efficiency that he was at his last season in New York, then he could get to 20 points a game just by shooting threes. I mean, he's You're that he's, he's taking that good. 700 threes. I, could, I would not be surprised if he, took, if he took eight threes a game this year. I'm, taking the, I'm gonna take the under on I mean, Luka mm. took seven, yeah. and Dwight even was taking two or three, and Max is taking two or three. Dirk's taking two or three. Mm-hmm. I mean, Porzingis is getting like a lot of their minutes. Yeah. Solid was so, taking like two a game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the end of the year, he like was. most of you go back <laughs> and watch, that, and I'm, I'm not trying to slander the Knicks as a team or any of their coaches or anything, but you go back and watch. Well, it's Porzingis. obvious it didn't work. Well, yeah, but I mean, you watch his highlight <laughs> you tapes, and him. most of his like most of his shots that I could see him getting in Dallas were in New York. He checks. Yeah, he's like. Catching and shooting from 29 feet because the guy wasn't close to him or like mm. running down the floor and just sort of like trailing into a three. I mean, these are shots that he's going to be getting so mi- like he's going to be getting them all the time here. It was a weird um, offense and a weird. Yeah, structure. he's not going to. He'll post up like two or three times a game, I think, yeah. as opposed to like 10 or 12 times a game, right. and that that just totally changes. If he t- if he gets 17 shots a game here versus 17 shots a game in New York, the shot diet is going to be so different that the mm. points are going to be like just so much easier to come by. Yeah. I think. Mark, what do you think, uh, what are your expectations for Chris Stapps rounding into form and how he works with Luca and how this core kind of insulates around them? I mean, everyone assumes that it's, okay, we go as far as those guys will take us this season and into the future, but uh, maybe not. Well, look, you need the depth that you have on the roster because, as we have, have said, you know, uh, Mark Cuban has mentioned, uh, you know, the plan for load management. I don't know how many of those games that's going to be, but you're going to have to lean on the depth of your roster to win some of those games when Porzingis doesn't play. Uh, you know, excited to see what kind of jump Luca takes from year one to year two. I think my my expectation is that in the West, uh, you know, Utah, the Clippers, Denver, the Lakers, um, Houston. Uh, there's probably one other team. I want to say Houston, Denver, Utah, Portland, and the two LA teams. Those mm-hmm. six. I mean, you know, anything could happen. But those six look to me like that they are playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Golden State's going to play a big chunk of the season without Thompson. Um, you know, it's it's Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell, and then a, a lot of what's up after that yeah. for, for the for that team. What is uh, their starting lineup on opening night? Oh gosh, I'm mean, gonna have to look at the yeah, I, I have to look at the roster uh, to figure uh, it out, yeah. man. I, well, I Dolly Stein, Draymond, D'Angelo, Steph, yeah. and Alfonso McKinney, Bobby Jacob Evans. I mean, <laughs> I'm honored. <Yeah. laughs> I'm honored. Well, um, I, I think that that you have a 
a handful of teams of which I certainly am anticipating and hoping the Mavericks will be one of them. Uh, Mavs, Warriors, Spurs, Kings, maybe Minnesota. There's four or five teams that are maybe New Orleans, four or five, six teams that are battling for those last two spots. And so my expectation is is be one of those two teams to, to battle for those last two spots. And if somebody farther up the food chain stumbles, then it opens the door for, you know, for, for what, when I say farther up the food chain, for what I perceive to be the top six in the mm-hmm. West, if one of those teams has health problems or uh, chemistry doesn't come together for whatever reason, uh, you know, they, the, the unforeseen twists and turns that are going to happen to teams over the course of an 82-game NBA season, then maybe there's a bigger window open for those teams that I think are on the fringe of the Western Conference playoff race. But Dallas has got to be one of those teams. You know, that's mm-hmm. just... Uh, you know, you've you've got your your anchors, and now it's time to go. Yeah. You know, get in. It's time for Luca and Porzingis to start experiencing what the playoffs are like, and lay the groundwork for them being bigger and better as they mature in the future. And, and you got to get in. You got to get into the tournament to start knowing what it's like. And it's time, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, as people that are fans of the team, not only employees, you can sit here and you can you can rant about not getting the top level free agent, right? You can get you can get upset about that. You can get that feeling that you didn't get invited to the party. We got Chris Stapps Porzingis. That's our that's our good. agent. Ad. I'd yeah. say he's pretty. That's good. That's pretty legit, right? Yeah. Um, speaking of rants, new segment. It's called the Rant Wheel. We have uh, three or four minutes left before uh, we're hitting our time limit. So I'm gonna go first if that's okay. okay. All right, that sure. You're the host of the show. Does that work for you? Do you sure, you don't want to save your one for the end. That's a that's a big one. Uh, if you want to go first, you can go first. Uh, mine is you really got some, quick. Got some heat. Mine is really quick. I would have liked to hear Falwell and Harp on the call in New York. Uh, I know that it's going to be like one of the top games of the season nationally, so it's on TNT. Uh, KP returns to the Garden. Great place to watch a game. Great place to play a game. My favorite uh, place to call games. Yeah, obviously it's, it's, a, sorry, it's a very Mark. dramatic. It's going to be a very dramatic night. Uh, a must watch. But I would have mm-hmm. liked to hear the local guys call it. Um, I think obviously the, we know what the storyline is going to be that game, but um, I don't know. It's just it's not going to be the same. Whenever you're hearing the TNT guys call, I mean it's going to be hostile in there. I would have liked to hear the local guys call it. Uh, you can kind of I don't know. It makes you just feel like you're there. Whenever you're watching on national TV, I don't know. It just feels like such a distance. It would have been cool to hear you guys call it. And I well, know that you're you. you're maybe a little bummed that you couldn't go, but. Uh, hopefully it'll be a win. It's gonna be awesome. I would love to go to the game. Hopefully I can. But uh, if not, I'm bummed that I won't be able to hear uh, the voice of a generation calling. Well, after uh, I've already heard back from New York, and after what you just said, they're not gonna let you go. Ah. <laughs> it was hostile. They said, "Yeah, you're not gonna go." My quick rant is, uh, and this isn't, and and I'm kind of tired too, so I don't have, you know, I had an early flight to get mm-hmm. here this morning. Thank you so for I being here. <laughs> Skin build on this. <laughs> I don't have my, uh, my 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 energy level up uh, to get into like real rant mode. Mm-hmm. But I was a little disappointed. I don't want people to make too big of a thing out of a Luca Trey Young rivalry. I thought that that got a little bit overblown last year because I've seen how they speak about themselves and other players in the league, and it's clear that they're both nice guys. Mm-hmm. They both uh, want to compete, but they both have a healthy respect for one another's games and healthy respect for one another as players and people. So I, I don't want to make too much out of a Luca Trey thing, but it is the two guys who were clearly the two best players of the rookie class who are going to be 
what you hope is part of the next wave and the future of the league and, and big names moving forward. And I was, I was bummed that there was nothing more high profile in terms of just a couple of random Saturday nights in the middle of the season mm-hmm. when the Mavs and Hawks play. As a matter of fact, those dates are... Feb 1 at home. Yeah, and that's on the second night of a back-to-back, right? February yep. the 1st, Saturday then, night, February the 1st. Feb 22 on the second night of a back-to-back. Right out of the All-Star break, the second game yeah. after the break. So, yeah, those are just kind mm-hmm. of... Nondescript Saturday nights. That was so last year. Yeah. yeah, so last year. So the that's, new, that's the new news is Zion Williamson. Yeah, and that's the the thing they're trying to force this year. Yeah, yeah. Is the Pelicans versus Mavs rivalry? Zion versus Luca. Sure. The um, last year's Rookie of the Year against the presumptive yeah. Rookie of the Year this yeah. year. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. My rants is uh, specifically about The Ringer. It's a website owned by Bill Simmons and it's great website. Some other people. They do a lot of work. We got a lot of friends that. Uh, a lot of great work, I meant to say. A lot of friends that work there. Sharks. Um, what's our other buddy that did uh, Hallelujah? Most of our buddies that did Isaac. Hall- Isaac. Isaac Lee. Isaac and Jason Gallagher. Yep. A lot of great people work there. One thing that they didn't do very great is the top 40 songs of 1999 ranking. They left off Smooth. Carlos Santana. Rob Santana Thomas. featuring Rob Thomas. Everyone knows that song. <laughs> Every single person on earth knows that song. It's a great song. It may be a top 40 song of all time, and you said it wasn't a top 40 song of that particular year. Of a year! As somebody that was in 8th or ninth grade in 1999, I'm going to tell you, it was a top 40 song of the year, and I should know because I was in 8th grade, and I knew all the music at that moment. I had a mini-disc player. <laughs> I put it on every mix I made. I was burning CDs in my dad's house, buying like $50 worth of CDRs and CDRWs. Smooth was on every playlist! I'm going to have to offer a little bit of pushback at the top 40. No! Of all time, you. though. Of all oh, time. Of all time. Okay. Of all, all time. Right, all right. Okay. 1999, I got your back on that. In the last 20 years, to, it's a top 40 song. And now I will say there was a rule. There was a, a ringer-imposed rule where you cannot put multiple songs by the same artist on the list. But that was a lie because there were two Destiny's Child songs and there were two Jay-Z songs and there might have even been two NSYNC songs. So, no. It's a sham. Um, she probably go on suspension for like a month or two if you're the ringer. Just Unless you charge Jason Rousey. Donate all your two Britney Spears songs on from 1999 on that list too, right? Probably. Yeah. All your ad revenue should be donated to a charity of Carlos Santana's choosing for the next <laughs> two to three months. Just to make this right, you should apologize to me and anybody else that would like to reach out there. I would um, apologize and, to me. Yeah. I'm you, sorry. you can sign up on a list maybe with your email and maybe they can should write you. Should we petition you. this maybe? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think we could we could get the weight behind this. But that's my rant. And the other thing is the NBA All-Decade teams. You don't have Dirk on the, on the 2010 <laughs> to 2020? What are you doing? What are you doing here, guys? But uh, that's for another day. Um, 47,488 miles will be whenever this season is done. That's the road travel Plus this playoffs. year. Plus playoffs, so a lot more than that. Um, 82 games in front of us. Very excited for October 23rd. Um, and then some of the highlights that we picked out throughout the schedule. But, man, I feel better this season than I did last year about the yeah. schedule, about the team in general. I feel like we're a really deep, really young, really good team. Can't wait to see Luke and KP play together for the first time. That place is going to be uh, – the AAC on October 23rd is going to be a freaking juice box. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. Absolutely awesome. To see Chris Stapps Porzingis for the first time on the AAC floor in a Mavs uniform. And it will be uh, the first time since April of 1998 that we'll take the floor, not to bring the room down. But, Dude, you know, come on. First time since April of 1998 that we'll take the floor without dirt. And that's, uh, that is the transition, and it is 
It'd been you like know, 35 minutes direction. since I thought about him. You yeah, bring him I think about it every day. Man. I Ridiculous. really do. All right, well, uh, if you want season tickets, they're out there right now. Keep your eyes open for individual game tickets, which will be coming out a little bit later. Um, if you haven't checked out the uh, the season promo that I made, hey, shameless plug, check that out. I'm really proud of it. Go to thebrandnewmatch.com. I, I was yeah. uh, blown away. I, I know yeah. all sincerity, man. I thought that you yeah. did a fantastic job with That's that. what we're going to yeah. put on the billboard. I was blown away, Mark Followell. <laughs> Voice of Generation. Yeah. Yeah. Voice of Generation. Your words have meaning. Your words mean something. I'm sorry. Anyway, thank you guys for joining me. I really love this day uh, in the NBA season when we're all just kind of sleeping and not paying attention. And then all of a sudden, it all drops on us one day, and we get to pick wins and losses for 82 games all the yeah. way down it's and time. predict box scores. We'll do that in the next one. Yeah, uh, I've already written it down, 47 to 35. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. All right, we'll, do, we'll get to uh, some season predictions later in the, the month. And as we get closer, um, please subscribe to all our podcasts. We're doing some really great stuff for you. Um, Full Court Press is going to be up here running in a couple months with my man Jalen. Uh, really proud about that product as well. So we're trying to give you the best coverage of the Dallas Mavericks on a daily basis. He's a big part of that. He's a big part of that. So thank you guys for watching. He's a big part of that. No, nah, I'm not. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, you for cutting it. your hair. Thank you for being here in general. You got it, bud. Um, we're going to get out of here. Enjoy your schedule release day, and uh, let's win them all. Why not? <laughs>